0: spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer here's a camping hack from ll bean to make your next trip the best yet tired of your tentmates flashlights shining in your eyes in camp bring an empty half gallon milk jug or clear water bottle simply strap a headlamp around it and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light for more camping hacks visit youtube.com ll bean ll bean be an outsider Welcome back to the final four is not on the schedule he is Rod I am Cameron and we are back with the preseason preview of the Big Ten and today Rod we got Ohio State um last year they they wound up 21 and 10 overall 12 and 8 in the Big Ten which was fifth um overall uh so a little bit a little bit down but um they look to have a pretty good team coming back. They've lost some people. They've uh, brought some people back. Uh, what's your your kind of overall take on Ohio State coming into this? Well,
1: it was it was really the second year in a row that they had a great start. Um, yeah, you know, you mentioned that uh, that they finished twelve and eight in the league, which was fifth. The thing is, they were twelve and four, and they were in the mix. You know, um, they were a contender at that point for for the Big Ten title, and instead, they went out and lost their last four games. Um, now, give them credit; they bounced back. They made a run to the Big Ten tournament final before they lost to Illinois. But then they get into the tournament and they lose to Oral Roberts in in a first round tournament game. Um, if you look at analytics, and people may remember this from last year. And it was kind of weird for a Chris Holtman team because Chris Holtman has generally been a very good defensive coach. In fact, his three previous Ohio State teams had never been outside the top 25 in defense. They were always inside of it. So really good, right? Yeah. Last year, their defense was 82nd. Oh, boy. I mean, it was, it was positively Fran-esque how bad they <laughs> were defensively. And, and on the other side of it, they were fourth in offensive efficiency. So thank God their offense was that exceptional, because if it hadn't been, they might have struggled to be a tournament team. I mean, that's how bad the defense was. So when you look at it in the end, I think the conclusion you have to reach is that poor defense really caught up with them. And it turned what was at one point a really, really, really great season into merely a good one. And, and I've said this for the last couple of years now running that's kind of been the playbook for Chris Holtman at Ohio state. He's had good teams. He's yet to have a great one. The the closest was his first year where they kind of shocked everybody beyond behind, uh, Bates, Diop, and, and Tate and, and were, you know, big 10 contenders, um, right, right till the end, you know, Michigan state ended up, um, winning the title, but, uh, Uh, and and as did Purdue but um that was really the only year since he's been there where they were a true title contender start to finish Mm. and while that's okay at a lot of places I mean I can think of a lot of places in the Big Ten where Chris Holtman's performance through his first four seasons would be just fine you know Iowa Minnesota um Nebraska would worship him Penn State would build him a statue um you know there are there are places where it, it would be considered just fine but Ohio State is a place that I think and I would assume those fans who care about the sport which at times it's it's sort of questionable it seems how many of them there are but um There's no reason why Ohio State should be a perennial Big Ten title contender. And maybe more importantly, a real threat to go deep in March. That's the other thing Chris Holtman hasn't done in four years. I think not contending for Big Ten titles would be one thing. But when you're pairing that with also getting, you know, first or second round exits from the tournament, it's like, well, you're not doing either thing. Mm. You know? And all you have to do is look back to the guys who have previously had this job, the two coaches before him, Thad Mata won big, 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 big for quite a stretch. I, I still argue in the decade of the aughts until mm, the first half of the previous decade of the teens, Um, he was the second best coach in the Big Ten behind Dizzo. I give him a slight nod over Bo Ryan because... Um, he was a little better in the tournament, but we're talking about a guy who made full use when he was healthy. Before the end, when he he got, you know, his his um, surgery botches just took too much out of him, and his recruiting kind of suffered a little bit, and and therefore the results on the court suffered. But Thad Mata made full use of what Ohio State gives you as a as a coach. He recruited extremely well. Um, Mostly he did it in the Midwest. Uh, In fact, maybe part of the problem later was that he went outside of the Midwest a little bit more. And I think he took chances on guys he didn't know as well. But, you know, great facilities, obviously. They sit in a talent-rich state where they are the dominant program. It's not like Michigan and Michigan State where they've got to fight each other for guys. Or Mm. or even Indiana-Purdue. It's Ohio State, and then you dump down to people like Cincinnati and Dayton, et cetera, Xavier, which are nice programs, but they're not at OSU's level. Go back before him. Jim O'Brien wins a couple of Big Ten titles and got to a Final Four. Um, so that's the standard. That's what you should aspire to, in my opinion, at Ohio State. And Chris Holtman came in with a great reputation, did a really nice job at Butler, a lot of people saw him, you know, right there with Archie Miller, as mm-hmm. two of the real up-and-coming guys nationally. And it was considered a coup for Ohio State to get Holtman because, at a certain point, it looked like they were going to end up with Greg McDermott from Creighton. Now, Greg McDermott's a good coach. I don't think anybody in the Big Ten was necessarily fearing him at Ohio State. But Chris Holtman got people's attention. Like, okay, this guy's done a really nice job at Butler. Now you're giving him all the resources, all the muscle that the Ohio State job provides. What is this guy going to be like? And I think the expectations were he was going to do very well. And in my opinion, he has not met what are reasonable expectations in that job. In a four-year run at Ohio State, you should probably figure you've had at least one good March run and maybe you've won at least a share of at least one Big Ten title. I don't think that's crazy, right, to have yeah. those expectations. And he just hasn't done it. That doesn't mean he won't. And I don't get any sense that he's under a lot of heat in Columbus. But, man, at some point, there's either got to be a breakthrough or I think you have to call a spade a spade and say he's underachieving.
0: Yeah. And I think a little bit of that that very first year he was there, they had a lot of success, which you know may have helped him a little bit. Give him some, yeah, some slack.
1: You're, I think you're. I think you're right. That that built up some goodwill. Let's also remember, though, that was those were Thad Mata's guys.
0: Right, right. A little bit, of you a, know.
1: Tonji. That, that's Tungy not effect. the case anymore. This is fully Chris Holtman's team now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's time, and we've got them fourth. So, you know, we're we're thinking that that this is a team that has a chance to be in it and they got a lot of good players but they got to deliver let's put it this way if they finish where i've got them picked i don't think i'd be thrilled if i were an ohio state fan unless they go on a deep run in march
0: yeah yeah so just so everyone's not confused we do have michigan state at five and then ohio state at four Right. Um, but we'll do we will wind up doing Michigan State at the very end, just so we catch any news that might be coming in late or anything. Um, so Michigan State comes in at five. Ohio State at four. Um, right. And so one of the big players they lose, Rod, uh, Dwayne Washington, six four, native of Grand Rapids. Um, he enters the NBA draft at, after scoring 16.4 points a game. Um, led the team in assists with 90 shot 41, 37, 84, uh, kind of a little bit of a head scratcher, um, on that decision. But what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'll admit to being a little bit surprised that he left. Um, and, and if only because, you know, he was a guy, even though he had a good season, um, you know, you, you didn't look at him and say, well, this is a kid who has to go Yeah. right now to give him his due. He's on a two way deal with the Indiana Pacers. So it's not like he's in the basketball wilderness. Right. You know, he, that's probably about what you, what you could have expected realistically for him. And he got it. Um, obviously really good season shooting the ball, uh, did a great job scoring for them, led them in scoring. And he's going to be missed in terms of his three-point shooting. And last year, I thought he he really developed a nice chip on his shoulder, an aggressiveness which in big moments and tough situations, which I didn't see from him necessarily, at least not on a consistent level prior to mm. that. Um, he matured. You know, he was he was one of their key guys, and he played like it. So full credit to him. You know, we, we've talked about this in previous seasons. He was a guy, I think he probably took the most visits to Michigan State without getting an offer of any big-time player I can recall. Uh-huh. Uh, really wanted it. It didn't come. You can, you can look at it in retrospect and say maybe MSU made a mistake there. Um, you know, but it happens. And I think he had a nice career. I think he did very well for himself. Ohio State was the, if I remember correctly, they were the only power five offer he had. Um, So MSU was not alone in having doubts about him, which were mostly on the athleticism and defensive ends of things. Everybody knew he could always shoot. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, he, he definitely took advantage of the opportunity he had and made good on it. So full credit to him. Yeah. Uh, And then C.J. Walker, 6'1
0: point guard, he averaged 9.5 points a game uh, and led them in assists with 111, shot 41, 27, and 94.
1: Yeah, you know, turned into a really good point guard in terms of running an offense. Uh, Just didn't make a lot of mistakes, was a pretty consistent playmaker for them. Uh, Big problem, and the thing that held him back was his deep shooting, 27% from three. He just never solved that in his time in high school, and I think that that proved to be a limiter on him. Um, but you know, he he definitely leaves a hole. Now they've got some guys that they think can fill it, uh, but he's definitely a, a presence that has to be replaced. Losing he in Washington, that's two pieces of your perimeter group that you got to fill mm-hmm. somehow.
0: Uh, and then Musa Jallo 6'6 forward, he transfers out to Charlotte. Um, not much of an impact, only 2.9 points a game and 2.2 2 rebounds last year.
1: Yeah, you know, I liked him a lot as a freshman. I thought he showed some real flashes. And, and I actually thought he might have a chance to be, you know, he's a couple inches shorter than Bates Diop, so it's not really a fair comparison right out of the chute because of that. But I thought he showed some similar kinds of versatility in that, I thought he'd be a guy who could be a multi-level scorer and yet also give you some rebounding, give you some defense. It just didn't turn out, my sense is, mostly because of the injuries. So probably the right move for both parties for him to transfer out, go down a little smaller level in Charlotte. Still Conference USA, um, so not not way, way down, but probably an opportunity for him to play more that I don't know that he would have received at Ohio State. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, And then Ibrahim Diallo, 6'11", he transfers out to San Jose State after his freshman year.
1: Yeah, you know, Ohio State, I I think there was an opportunity for someone with, with that kind of size maybe to carve out at least a small role last year. They did have two very, very good big men in Liddell and Key, but, you know, those are smaller fives. And as we've talked about a lot in these previews, the Big Ten has a lot of really, really big guys, 6'11", foot guys. And so you would think there was an opportunity. Diallo couldn't earn it. Probably makes sense that he transfers down a level and gives himself a shot. And on the other hand, he's hardly irreplaceable for Ohio State. So mm-hmm.
0: uh, so then the guys they have coming back, EJ Liddell, 6'8", junior, uh, who had sort of danced into the draft a little bit, decides to come back. Um, and he showed a lot of promise as a freshman. And then last year, 16.2 points a game, 6.7 rebounds, and a block uh, per game. He shot 47, 34, and 75.
1: Yeah, he's he's the real thing. Uh, the improvement in his three-point shooting was was really important for him. Um, 34% isn't, you know, uh, mind-blowing but it's pretty good for a five man. And he took enough of them. He made just yeah. under one three per game. So it was definitely there as something you had to be cognizant of if you were defending against him. And, and then you add that to what's always been a pretty good post game, despite the fact that he's listed at six, eight, I'm not even sure he's that tall, but it really doesn't matter. Uh, because he knows what he's got in terms of tools. He's a very savvy player. Um, skilled um just excellent post skills you can you can have him play facing the rim and he can go at people a little bit especially bigger people Mm -hmm. going off the dribble he's going to be one of the best players in the big 10 there's just no doubt about that i think um if you're looking for areas of improvement uh one of the big things would be just continuing to improve himself as a jump shooter maybe Mm -hmm. maybe just getting a little bit better on the glass 6.7 is not bad but he's a guy I think could be capable of pushing double digits, you know? Mm-hmm. So these are just, they're, we're splitting hairs to an extent because he's already really good. But if you're, if you're Ohio State and you're talking about finding a way to contend for a championship in this league or go deep in March, EJ Liddell probably has to go from being a really good player to a, hey, he's a Big Ten Player of the Year caliber guy, mm-hmm. you know? And that is another level from where he was last year.
0: Yeah, uh, and then they get Justice Suing back. Six six senior. Um, he transferred in from Cal last year. Averaged ten point seven points a game, five point five rebounds, forty nine from the floor, thirty six from three, seventy five from the line. As uh, sort of like a hybrid three
1: four. Yeah, he played both. Yeah, he was pretty much as advertised. After sitting out a year, um, he had been really good at Cal, and you know, and, and you like the odds of a power five transfer, but you know, the PAC 12 is not always quite at the same level Mm. as the big 10. So you had to wonder his, his counting numbers were well below what he did at Cal, but that's because he wasn't getting the usage and that wasn't a surprise. Ohio state, he was sharing the floor with a lot more talent than he did at Cal. I think he really was as advertised. He was really good. I expect him to be really good again this year. He's, he's a tough customer, skilled, just a nice piece to have. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably be the starter at the three, I think.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, because they get Kyle Young back, 6'8", right, senior. Right, that's why. Um, he opts to return after the COVID year. Um, and he's had some injury problems in the past, uh, but he's he averaged 8.6 points a game, 5.5 rebounds, and he shot uh, 54 from the floor, 43 from three, and 85 from the
1: line. Yeah, big deal getting him to come back as one of those super seniors. Uh, it, it just improves their whole picture because now you've got a front court of he at the, of him at the four, suing at the three, and the doubt at the five. That's a really good collegiate front court, you know? Yeah. Um, I always used to say about Kyle Young for years in talking about him and Ohio State because he was a guy MSU recruited mm-hmm. and they didn't land him. They ended up with. Um, Jaron Jackson in that cycle, so no complaints. But uh I always said, you know, the the thing that's held back Kyle Young from being just a nice rotation piece is that he had never lived up to his billing in high school as a stretch four. Because his his weak shooting numbers were terrible at Ohio State his first three years. Well that stopped cold last year. Forty three percent from three, they'll take that all day long. Um other than that he's what he's always been which is a guy who plays physically plays extremely hard has a has a great motor i mean he goes as hard as anybody in the big 10 and i think that's probably been one of the reasons why as you mentioned he's had some injury problems Mm -hmm. but you know it's kind of like when msu with kyle Arnes. yeah was just years ago you know you can't you can't tell that it's easy for fans say, Oh, you got to tell him to take it easy because he gets hurt all the time. Well, that sounds nice, but when it's part of a kid's DNA, it's part of what makes them who they are as a player. You can't really tell them to play another way. It it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So I don't think anything's going to change very much in that regard with Kyle young. And yeah, there'll be a risk that he may get hurt somewhere along the line, but I think Holtman will live with it because, when that guy's going hard, good things happen. Uh, and speaking
0: of arms, his brother, Justin, um, six foot six senior, um, averaged 5.7 points a game, 43 from the floor, 43 from three, 70 from the line. Um, and pretty much basically just an exclusive three-point shooter last year. 127 of his 134 attempts came from three.
1: Yeah, he's he's different than his brother that I just mentioned in this sense. Kyle Arns, really, it took until his senior year for him to dial in some consistency as a jump shooter. But he could always do other things because he was a really, really good athlete, even after he got hurt repeatedly. He yeah. was still a good athlete. Uh, he was strong. He was tough. He was a very good defensive player by the time he was an upperclassman, too. His younger brother, Justin, hasn't really managed to do any of those other things, which has, I think, held him back from being a starter and a bigger part of Ohio State's deal. But his shooting has been so good that he's always going to be somewhere in their rotation. Mm -hmm. So instead of being a guy who does a lot of things pretty well, he's a guy who does one thing exceptionally well. That's the Justin Arms profile. And I guess I don't see any reason to expect that to change. Yeah. Uh, And then Zed Key, 6'9", sophomore,
0: um, averaged 5.2 points a game, 3.4 rebounds in 12 minutes, um, backing up Liddell last year.
1: Yeah, this guy to me, every time I saw him play, I just kind of had in my mind the word throwback because he just reminded me so much of guys that we used to see in the Big Ten all the time, these six, eight, six, nine, six, ten guys who just had you know not great bodies in terms of being toned, mm. but had bulk, but were soft hands, really nice footwork, nice touch around the basket, and were just problems for people, you know, and and you don't see those guys as much anymore. It seems. In more recent times in the Big Ten, you've either got, uh, I guess Nick Ward was that kind of guy, but um, uh-huh. you know, you've know, you got either these giants that Purdue seems to roll out on an assembly line, and now Illinois and Michigan have gotten into the act, or you had guys like you know Xavier Tillman was an example, or EJ Liddell mm-hmm. on Ohio State's team, where they're a little smaller, but really athletic for the position, kind of multidimensional players, all that sort of thing. I think Zed Key's already pretty good, and I think he's going to be really good at some point in his career. Uh, I saw enough last year to make me think that. 62% from the floor. Now, only 55% from the line. You'd like to see that improve, but um, he's as good a backup at that position as anybody in the conference has. And I actually wouldn't even be surprised, given how versatile Liddell is, to see Ohio State maybe run some setups where some lineups where he and Liddell play together. I haven't seen them talk about that, and they really didn't do it very much last year, mm-hmm. but I don't see why they couldn't. Yeah, um, And that would be a really, uh, that, that would be an interesting lineup, let's put it that way. But, yeah, I really liked Zed Key. Mm-hmm. And he was a, kind of an unheralded guy outside of the top 100, East Coast guy. Not a ton was known about him, but I, I really liked him.
0: Uh, and then Seth Towns, uh, comes back, um, who had transferred in from Harvard, a fairly high recruit, uh, but has had injury problems and then looks like he's, he's, uh, also going to have some injury problems this year. Um, likely not to play till the new year. Um, 3.8 points a game, 2.2 rebounds in about 12 minutes last year.
1: Yeah. You know, shot decently, 42, 34 and 80, um. This time it's a back injury he's recovering from, so uh, that's usually something that's really a limiter. Uh, He's just had a lot of bad luck. This is a guy who I believe was the two-time Ivy League player of the year at Harvard. Mm. He won it twice. Uh, He was that rarity in that he was a kid who went to Harvard where he legitimately had big-time offers. He had an Ohio State offer. He had a Michigan offer. He opted to go to Harvard as a top 100 player, and no surprise, he dominated that league, but he just has not been able to shake injuries in recent years. It's a shame, because when he was healthy last year, he didn't put up huge counting numbers, but he was pretty efficient and pretty effective in the role they had him in. I I don't even know if he's going to be capable of giving them that much. He played 12 minutes a game last year. I don't know that I would even expect that.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And then Jimmy Sotos, a 6'3 guard who came in from Bucknell, um, but only wound up playing 12 games before he went down with a shoulder surgery. Um, 1.7 points per game, 33, 33, and 75 uh, in limited attempts with them.
1: Yeah. Um, If he's healthy, and the sense I have is that he is, uh, he's going to factor in somewhere at the point. We mentioned they've got to replace C.J. Walker. Now, they have another guy we'll talk about in the newcomer category that I think yeah. is likely to be the starter there, but I can see Soto's playing a role. One, because he's got size at 6'3", for the position. The other reason is he was a really good playmaker at Bucknell, so that's the kind of guy, If you if you have that kind of player and you could say maybe 12 to 15 minutes a night, just bring him in and know that he's going to be able to at least – run the offense well uh, that's pretty good for a backup you know you'll you'll take that mm-hmm. and, and he was a very good player at bucknell so uh there's no reason to expect that he's not capable of handling a reserve role at least if he's healthy
0: and then Michi johnson 6-1 sophomore who reclassified last year and joined them like halfway through the year uh but sort of just ended up being a rotation um, guy 39 from the floor 50 from three 17 in just limited attempts mostly but he only played six minutes a game
1: yeah you know he's a guy who's had injury problems as you say he reclassified got to the team midseason actually unlike a lot of other guys in that spot who we've talked we've talked about I don't know three or four of them it seems already yeah uh, but he was an exception in that he actually managed to earn a steady role it wasn't huge only six minutes a game but it was consistent uh he'll be a threat for that backup point guard spot as well so it's not going to be just gifted to Sotos you know they I think they liked some of the things they saw from Johnson but it, it remains to be seen how large a role he's capable of earning this year just because they've got a lot of guys
0: mm-hmm. uh, and then Eugene Brown 6'5 sophomore played limited minutes but saw action in 29 games uh, 1.2 points a game, 35, 28,
1: and 50. They had this weird habit I noticed, and the Ohio State fan would would know this for sure, but it seemed to be almost every game I saw, Eugene Brown would be put in for like the last 30 seconds of the first half. <laughs> it, just, it was a weird, you know, It was normally you have a guy who doesn't play a lot, you say okay, he gets in at the end of games when it's been decided, but that was not the case for Brown. They would put him in at the end of halves for some reason. I could never really sort out why. Um, you know, I think he'll I think he'll push for a role. You know, you, you look at this team. They lost Washington. They they lost Jallo, Didn't play a ton, but those were some minutes they've got to replace. Um, and and I think he'll compete for a role. I just don't as, as a two-way player. They think he can be, be pretty good defensively, and they also think he could eventually be a decent shooter. But it's still an open question, I think, as to how good he'll be and how big a role he'll earn. They they did bring in some other guys, so he's got competition. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so for newcomers, uh, the big one, Jamari Wheeler, six-one transfer from Penn State, uh, comes in to fill their point guard role, and they, I mean, I would assume he's going to be the starting point guard pretty much right off the rip
1: Uh, i would too and and the biggest two things he adds um he was he was always an underappreciated offensive player at penn state because he didn't take a lot of shots he wasn't a heavy volume guy but his efficiency numbers the last couple years were pretty damn good so you're okay if he takes some shots but he's not probably not going to take a lot because he didn't do it there playing for a lesser team um the things you like though he's a Proven, experienced guy who knows how to run an offense, but he is really good defensively. We said it near the outset of this. If Ohio State's going to be better, this has got to be closer to a standard Chris Holtman team defensively. They can't be in the 80s again. Uh And and I think that having a, a guy like Wheeler as a starting point guard is a good place for that improvement to start. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'd be very surprised if he's not the starter. Yeah.
0: Uh, and then Cedric Russell, a 6'2 transfer from Louisiana. It's um, sort of an off-guard role. Um, he shot 40% from deep last year in heavy volume, uh, averaging 17.2 points a game.
1: Yeah, and, and so that's the open question, right? Great numbers, but he's transferring up. Mm-hmm. Um how much of that can translate. They would take that efficiency, even if it comes in a lesser volume. So if he's a 40% three-point shooter who scores 12 a night, I think Holtman would be ecstatic. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have to replace some of that production, as we said, that went out the door with Dwayne Washington. So my guess would be Russell is the best bet to be a starter at one wing. And then the other wing you know, maybe it's Justin Arns. Maybe it's Eugene Brown. Maybe it's another guy we'll talk about, Malachi Branham, um, who's a, an incoming freshman. It's going to be somebody else, but I- I'm guessing Russell's going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the thing you don't love is 6'2. That, you know, this is already kind of a smaller team in, in the sense that you have Liddell is kind of an undersized five man suing if he starts uh, as i imagine the three is six six young is six eight he plays physically so he's okay at the four but this is not a team with a lot of size wheelers 511 at the point so um, i'm sorry six one but i I don't think that's legit um this is a small looking team and so that's one knock you know in washington the guy he'd be replacing was six four Mm-hmm. So you're losing even a couple inches from there. Uh, but on the positive side, Russell has been a good shooter, and Ohio State does need to find some shooting. So I'm going to guess he plays a big role.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Joey Brunk, 6'11", big man who transfers in from IU. Uh, so at least these guys they're getting from the other Big Ten schools are <laughs> working with new coaches. It's not going to be like a, a stealing everyone's game plan here.
1: Yeah, that's true. um Yeah, he, he's it's it's not the Archie Miller show anymore in Bloomington. So uh, we talked about this when we we discussed him as a guy departing Indiana. I think the whole deal is down to his health. He didn't play last year because he had back surgery. So this is why you know a minute ago we talked about Seth Towns. When it's a back that's in question for a, any kind of athlete, any kind of person, really. Yeah. Um, that's a big deal. You just don't know what you're gonna get. If Joey Brunk is reasonably healthy, he can help because he's six eleven, so he gives them that legitimate big, big man. So Zed Key helps, but Zed Key's only six nine. He's got good good wingspan, so I think he could play bigger than that. But but Brunk would be a nice card for uh for Holtman to have in his deck that he could play in certain situations. Just Not heavy minutes, but maybe just five minutes here, six minutes there. Just bang on some people, go get a couple boards, get a garbage basket, play defense, that kind of thing. Um, If he's healthy, you like him as an insurance policy and as just an option. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how healthy he's going to be.
0: And then they get Malachi Branham, a 6'5 wing, top 50 recruit from Akron.
1: Yeah, he's... He's a guy I would expect to earn a role immediately. The only question is, does he start or is he a reserve? Uh, Shooting is the thing that they say has to come along a little bit, but he's really good athletically. He's good going to the rim, and they think he should be very good defensively. So, again, if he does earn a big role and he is good defensively right away, well, with he and Wheeler, you're talking about two perimeter guys that are really – Potentially helping them get a lot better at that end, where they need to be improved. But I, I think he's going to play a lot, regardless. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of in what
0: role. Uh, and then the other freshman, they have Kaylin Etzler, six eight, two hundred pound, um, sort of a, maybe a three four kind of guy. Uh, what are you looking at with him?
1: I think it's probably a year where he tries to get stronger, and I. I kind of doubt he'd play much. Um, One way would be if if Brunk can't go at all, you know, maybe they need, and Brunk and Towns, if neither one of them is able to do much, then they probably do have a use for maybe one more body with a little bit of size. Mm -hmm. But ideally, he wouldn't play much. He'd just use the year to develop physically. They like him long term, but. He was a kid outside the top 100. I, I don't think you have huge expectations immediately. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, um, like I said, 12 and four in the Big Ten last year, but they really lost. Um, you know, lost it kind of toward the end. There, um, finished fifth in the Big Ten. What's your kind of overall
1: expectation for Ohio State? I think it comes down to defense. You know, I mean, there's a question as to whether they'll be as good as they were offensively because losing Washington, losing Walker, that's, you know, particularly Washington, that's a big deal. But they're adding enough guys that I'll be surprised if they, if they really just fall off a cliff offensively. I think guys like Liddell and Suing are, are good enough that they're going to keep this team at least at a certain level on offense. But if they're going to contend, they've just got to find a way to get better defensively. And, you know, I, I, I talked about, I used the term Fran-esque as <laughs> and the, the defense that it was. The difference here is that Fran's never done it defensively. He's just never had a team at Iowa that was any good defensively. Chris Holtman has coached some very good defensive teams at Ohio State and at Butler. So you know that he's capable of teaching it. You know, it's not a guess. You know that can he get there with this group i look at them on paper and i look at some of the personnel and i think this should be at least a decent de- big 10 defensive team which means you're at least a national top 50 i mean a.j liddell strikes me as a kid who can play pretty good defense i see no reason why suing can't uh, you know again they're helped by bringing wheeler over from penn state he's good as an individual defender If Branham is the defensive player they think he can be right away, he could help as a freshman at that end. But however they get there, it doesn't really matter. I just know that they need to be better defensively if they're going to be better as a team and kind of edge up from being good to something better than good. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, well, uh, sounds like that'll be about it for Ohio State. Um, Until next time, the Final Four is not on the schedule.